That doggy needs to start playing with something else, though. Welcome to the Dude Catholic Podcast. I'm your co-host Adrian here with the man who laughs at my dirty jokes and the woman who doesn't. My lovely wife, Vivian. And Javier. Who's who? I'll let you be the judge. Hi, I'm Vivian. Hey, how's it going? Today, we begin a new series titled Bite Sized with an episode titled Death. Indeed. Our scripture today comes from Psalm 34:18. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Delicious. It is delicious. Mm-hmm. So let's get this podcast on the road. Wow. So the uh, oh, one of the reasons why my lovely wife is part of this episode is because. I, it sounds really bad, you know, like I'm capitalizing on your tragedy, so, um... Well, we'll just look at it this way. In honor of my grandfather, Pete H. Chibara. Oh. See, now it's, now it's meaningful. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, so our beloved grandfather, well, my wife's beloved grandfather, but he, uh, he was always really welcoming to me, passed away last week, and, uh... And it's been it's been a hard couple of days, especially for my wife and her family, and it just got me thinking. And everything everything surrounding my life just kind of started moving towards that topic, you know. And so I've gotten a lot of a lot of thoughts about death and the implications of someone important, someone of that significance dying in the family, and how every time someone passes away, it makes us face our own mortality. You know, and everything, like I said, everything that I was doing was kind of, the, the theme was death. You know, even in, in teaching Spanish, we were analyzing a poem that was written by someone whose father had just passed away. You know, that's beyond just the, uh, the, the internet being creepy and listening to what, I, what I'm going through and then recommending products or services based on that. It was, it was a random thing that I was covering in my class and it was part of the curriculum. So it's just it's just one of those things, you know, Instagram posts and a bunch of other stuff stuff to the side um, that was going on, you know, and it's been it's been all around me, and it just seems fitting to to dedicate this this podcast to uh, to the memory of Mr. Pete H. Ibarra and to all those who have lost their their loved ones, but definitely mm-hmm. within house, but yeah, especially such a year where a lot of people have died randomly and have gone too soon so we remember all our faithful departed may they rest in peace amen amen yeah so my grandfather uh he had a really my grandfather had a really good life he had an, a very blessed life his life was filled with blessings he's a father of six children he is a grandfather of i think I think three, four, five, six, and then he is a great grandfather of 
of seven, actually, because of me and my sisters. And he, um, he, he's been married for 63 years. So um, him and my grandmother created a really, uh, really welcoming and inviting home. Mm-hmm. Every blessing that was given to them by God, they shared always with anyone like not you didn't have to be just family usually we kind of just like share with family and stuff or maybe close friends but they these people actually have helped like strangers like literally like homeless strangers before and it's something that i will always strive to to do in my personal life but that's something that was just him and and uh i definitely have a good role model because of him um and so, yeah, so even though, like, he died in his sleep, it appeared to be, he died in his sleep, and he, when I saw him, he looked so peaceful, but I was still grieving, and I think it's kind of part of, um, it's kind of part of our faith and kind of what Jesus taught us. Like, even in the Bible, Jesus wept, like, after his best friend, or his friend, Lazarus, died. Like, he, he it says in the Bible that Jesus wept, and I think Jesus has always been, like, a, really in tune with his emotions like he was never pretending to be like a you know like a macho man or anything like this you Mm -hmm. know to grieving is actually a process and it's actually like it's it it has to be this way because guess what god designed us this way the only difference is is that we grieve with the hope that we could to see them again and that's something that i'm learning more because i've never really like i've never really experienced someone so close to me dying Mm-hmm. It's always been like great aunts and great uncles who I've never really kind of known, you know. So, but with this one, it really hurt because I am close to him, and he was definitely one of my favorite grandpar- uh, grandparents out of the four. And um, so, yeah, so he, and, and so that's the difference. I think, like you know, atheists or non-believers, they they grieve, but it's more of like a celebration of their life, like. Whereas Catholics, we see definitely a celebration of their earthly life. That's something that is, you know, we say in loving memory, but mm-hmm. we we do the grieve the grieving with the hope that we can see him again in, in heaven. Because that's our home. Heaven is our ultimate home. And I love that saying. I forgot which saying it was. I think, it was I, I think we were Teresa talking about Avila. Yeah, we were talking about it and I said it, it sounds like Teresa of Avila, but I don't know. I don't know for sure. One of the Teresas probably One of the Teresas or Teresas. Teresa, but, Teresa yeah. But he basically she said that this earthly life that we have on earth is just a pilgrimage. It's like think of it as a ship. Like just a ship to get to our real destination, which is heaven. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think I always have to remind myself that too, because yeah, I mean, it, I, we're, my husband and I and also Javier, we're all young, we're all in our thirties and we're kind of in our prime and I'm pretty sure oh, your nice. listeners are around the same age. So we, we kind of don't really think about those things, but I think it's important to be reminded. Definitely. Yeah. yeah like this is not our, this is, this is not, this is not home. This is no. not home. But you talk, man, you touched on a bunch of things. Ramon and I have talked about legacy, you know, and when you're talking about the legacy that your grandfather is leaving, mm-hmm. that, that legacy of helping others without expecting anything in return, and not just in theory, but like they've extended their home. I mean, in ways that one may think is not too safe, um, you know, like it, it, even to that extreme, you know, and I'm, and I'm thinking, you know, like how to live up to that legacy, you know, and that's, and that's truly what 
what I want to leave behind for our own children, you know, that type of legacy that has a lasting impression on people that aren't even family. You know, that's a big deal right there. And and man, you were saying some other stuff that I was that I was thinking about, but as as you were speaking, I was just like, man, I just I just need to shush and and, and listen a little bit and and meditate on that because because every time someone passes away, it's an opportunity to take inventory of what we've done and and what path are we really on? You know, are we leading the life that will lead us to life eternal, or are we doing something else? Death comes for all of us, and I think it's very important to to recognize that, not to be morbid, not to be pessimistic, just realistic. That especially in the time that we live now, uh, the year that we've just lived in this pandemic, um, realizing uh, how how death can come out and strike out of nowhere. Uh, doesn't matter whether it was a coronavirus or not. Um, a lot of people have died and a lot of people have will continue to die regardless of whether there's a vaccine or not, whether there's the coronavirus or some other virus. P- death is part of life and we don't know when God's going to call us home. Ultimately, um, that's, that's the truth. Uh, we, we don't know the day or the hour when God will call us home and, you know, to And that's have why that. it's so important to pray for a happy death. Exactly. So oh, that man. he can come in the hour of our death, just like what I truly believe that he did for my grandfather. My grandfather died at around one o'clock in the morning. I couldn't sleep that night. Me and my sisters could not sleep. I woke up and it was 1.14 p.m. I mean, 1.14 a.m. Sorry, <laughs> 1.14 a.m., I don't believe in coincidences. I do believe I I woke up when my grandfather did leave this earth, but he left with Jesus Christ. And I, he was always close to our our mother, Mary. He would always say the Hail Mary. I think that's one thing that kind of saved him because he did, he wasn't perfect in his faith. Like that maybe I, maybe could kind of hope that he was, you know, but at the same time, he was always close to Mary. And I'm like, man, if there's one thing that you, you want to understand is getting close to Mary, because she will always, always lead you to Jesus. Always. That's so true. So. Yeah. And that's one thing that they teach seminarians. You know, I remember when I was discerning the priesthood and uh, Javier, you would know a lot more about that than I do, you know, but uh, given your, uh, man, I'm not going to bring that up. (laughs) I'll let, I'll let, I'll let you bring it up, you know. (laughs) I feel like I feel like we're gonna we're gonna have an opportunity to exploit your uh, your adventures in the seminary um, as in future episodes if you want, um, or you know I may bamboozle you into it, um, but but yeah they teach they teach men to get close to Mary, you know we need to be mama's boys you know why because God Jesus Himself was one you know and He gives us that example another thing that you were bringing up earlier Vivian was that whole thing of of Jesus being in tune with his emotions. And I feel like as men, especially running a men's podcast and whatnot, we want to run away from that Jesus. You know, we want to run away from the rosy cheek Jesus. And and we kind of convolute both, you know, the, the emotional and the rosy cheek Jesus with no muscles that just like gets beaten up. You know, Jesus was the man that laid down his life and he showed us how to appropriately show our emotions. When someone dies, yes, you have permission to cry as a man. You are allowed to have your emotions that he, like you just put it, you know, he gave us for a reason. He designed us that way. That's why. Yeah. And if we hurt, then we have the right to allow ourselves and maybe even the responsibility to allow ourselves to mourn if necessary. You know, we also want to be, want to be mindful of who we become vulnerable in front of 
But when it comes to a circumstance like this, like you lose someone that's beloved to you, you're, you're allowed to shed a few tears. And if Jesus uh, crying for his friend Lazarus is not validation of that, I don't know what is. Shortest verse in the Bible, right? Yeah, definitely. I, um, I've had some encounters where I had kind of a near-death kind of experience. Um, For yourself? Yeah, definitely. Oh, um, wow. Um, one was a horrific car accident uh, where I flipped my car, but nothing happened to me. Um, and I walked away literally just with a scratch on the back of my head. The other one came before that. It was in 2014. I had just come back from uh, the canonization of John Paul II and Pope uh, John the 23rd. And I remember I had a final the next day. It was a Friday. And my head was hurting, so I didn't go to the final. And um, I didn't show up. The, and the professor told me that if... I don't come and take the exam immediately, I was going to fail. So I knew I needed an excuse. So I, I ran to the local clinic <laughs> and I told them that I needed a doctor's note so that I could have an excuse for not going to my exam. Now, I was like completely dehydrated. I was jet lagged, right? I just came back from Rome. But ultimately, that was my fault for those things. And I just was trying to find an excuse. So I basically showed up to the doctor. I'm like, I just need an excuse to give to the school so I don't fail my exam. And they're like, okay, that's great and all, but we need to run some tests on you. And sure enough, they started running tests on me. This is when I was at Franciscan University of Steubenville. I was in Steubenville and they started, they sent me to a hospital. I was at a clinic. They first sent me to a hospital. And then from the hospital, they run a CT scan um, I'll never forget this. At the hospital, the doctor tells me, um, we found something in your head. Um, and it looks like it could be possibly a tumor. Um, do you have family that you could talk to? Are you, you know, um, we're going to have to do some further testing on you, but I just want to let you know. That's why we're not feeding you. Make a long story short, they send me to Pittsburgh to get an MRI. And before I go to Pittsburgh, I call a priest to do my um, anointing of the sick, my confession and anointing of the sick. And um, I remember the priest tells me, make sure you, you let somebody in your family know what's going on because this could be cancerous. Make a long story short, I went to Pittsburgh, I get there, it's not cancerous, thank God. But I'll never forget the feeling that I had. Um, in thinking about my life that just literally flashed before my eyes, I remember thinking to myself, okay, Lord, I just came back from Rome. I went to the canonization. If you want to take me home, all right, go ahead and take me home. Um, this is it. I, I, there was no fear. I, it was crazy. Um, it was just a very, I was very like surrendered. I, sure, I was young, but at the same time, I think it's because I didn't have much to lose. And what I mean by that is that I didn't have a family. You know what I mean? Um, I think if I had children and, and all that, I think my, my approach would have been different. But at that point, sure, I still had a lot, a lot to live. But in my, my case, it's just like I had been discerning the priesthood already as it was. So to me, it wasn't necessarily, oh, I'm going to lose out on not having children. I'm going to lose out on not getting married. Those things were kind of whatever. Okay, sure. If I don't get married, I don't have children. It's not the end of the world. I have already contemplated that in the past. So it's okay. 
Make a long story short, they told me I had a cyst. It was a benign cyst, meaning that it's not cancerous, thank God. I was sent home. Um, but they told me to monitor monitor uh, this, this cyst every year, go and get an MRI. So ever since I've been doing that, and it wasn't until this year that they actually ran two MRIs on me, and they told me that the reason why is because they think that the cyst had grown. Um, Luckily, thank God, it didn't. But I met with a surgeon, a neurosurgeon, and he showed me pictures of my cyst. And he, <laughs> it was scary because it was like one-fourth of my brain. Like on my left side of my brain is a huge little hole right there. Oh uh, it's like a water balloon in there. And he was explaining oh, everything wow. to me. And um, he was telling me how it's like pressing against my memory part of my brain, and which is on your left side. Um comprehension, everything that's logic comes from your left side of your brain. So he was explaining to me how if I've ever had trouble with any of these things, like memory loss and, and, and also headaches, this is the reason why. Mm. And um, he told me, look, you can have a surgery done, and the surgery would be to um, puncture holes in the cyst so that it could leak out. Uh, we would drill on the side of your head where your temple is, Go in there, puncture it, take about maybe four hours, right, to make sure we don't do any damage, and it'll slowly leak out. But he also said to me that if we do this, there's also could be some negative repercussions that come from it, right? And I said, like, what? Well, he says you can get a stroke or you can get a heart attack. Because um, to me, I was like, okay, great, I'll just have the surgery. No problem. I'll just get you know. I'll just get this thing you know uh, removed or uh, you know drained. <laughs> uh, but when he says that there could be some other side effects that can come as a result of the surgery, like death, imminent death, death, um, it definitely made me think. Now it's crazy because now at this point in my life, I looked at the situation completely different now because I have a child, I'm a father, and. Um, and I remember I was I actually got a little sad because I as I was speaking with Adrian when I was sharing the story earlier, it's it's like you you know you're gonna die. As human beings, we know we're gonna die, especially as we get older. But you don't know how you're gonna die. We don't know. And for me, when this was was you know shared with me by this doctor and these other doctors before, it's like I could see the end. I could see the cliff. I could see you know, the, the, the end of the tunnel where it's going to eventually come to, a, you know, to an end. Now, obviously, it doesn't mean that I'm going to die from this. But if I was to guess right now what I'm going to die of in 10 years, 5 years, 20 years, 30 years, whatever God may give me, obviously, this is going to be at the top of my list, <laughs> right? Um, you know, so it, it, it's, it, and it really gets you thinking about a lot of things, and for me, it made me like I said, it made me sad because I it made me sad because I have a have a kid, you know. But it also starts making me think about any like a lot of things that I never thought about, um, you know. Not only legacy, but um, your family um, doing the things that you really want to do before you die. Um, it's just a lot. When I die, you know, what are people going to say about me? I mean, who cares what they say about you? But you know what I mean. Like, are they gonna are they gonna remember you for a person that they, that that loved them and and cared for them, especially your family, 
Yeah. Or are they going to say you were selfish, you were, you know, careless, and, and all you thought about was money and ambition yeah. and, and, and power? Right. Um, then you start thinking about all these different things that, that come to you. Um, and obviously, as I've told my students before, the, the greatest legacy I, I, I personally believe that you could leave as, as a human being, if God should call you to this, is to be a great, a good or great husband wife or a father and a mother um there's nothing greater that you could do than than those than fulfilling that vocation i think a lot of times we focus on our personal success our career and um and we neglect that most basic of vocations when our world is such in dire need of of just that and it's crazy i thought about too how people plan their lives you know their retirement and you know as you get older you're like oh i'm gonna retire or you're you're planning ahead like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna buy this and there's nothing wrong with doing that it's, it's always good to have the hope that you're gonna live another day tomorrow or another five years you know uh to plan ahead but mm-hmm. it's also good to be realistic that we don't know the day or the hour when god's gonna call us home and we can die at any moment. Again, not to be morbid and pessimistic, but um, this is reality. This is life. And, and if you were to die today, would you be happy with your life? Would you be happy with, um, you know, how everything went in your life? Or would there, would there be some things that you wish you would have done different? Would there be some unturned stones that you wish you would have turned over? Um, things you should have said or would have said if you could to family members. Um, there's so many questions, things you would have done, whatever. Uh, I know we talk about a bucket list, which is very superficial sometimes, but even that, whatever, things you could have experienced, you know, um, before you died and you left this world. Ultimately, uh, leaving this world is not going to be the worst thing in the world because when we leave this world, if we truly believe, um, that there is an afterlife and that and if we are right with God knock on wood <laughs> we will see him and we will experience uh, a greater life in the afterlife than the life we live now but anyways yeah no and that that whole bucket list things thing uh, opens up a new whole can of worms that we don't have time for because we're running a little long but one thing, one thing that I definitely wanted to mention is uh, I follow I follow some unconventional characters on social media sometimes, um, people that that may seem a little extreme or a little uh, unsavory for the uh, for the average uh, Catholic content uh, viewer, but there's this guy named Gary Vee who curses up a storm, but sometimes, a lot of the times, he delivers uh, some some thought worthy um, words, and. This guy, someone pulled up next to him, he's rather famous, and they knocked on his window, some some girl on a motorcycle, and he's like, oh, it's Gary Vee, I love you, man. Like, uh, give me three words to inspire me. And so he's like, okay, I got you. You're gonna die. If that doesn't get you jazzed up, I don't know what will. <laughs> he's like, make them count. You know, make it count. We're all, we're all gonna die. You know, memento mori is one of the things that, that's really big in the faith, especially among the religious. You know, remember your death. But are we going to see that as a negative or are we going to see that as a positive? We're all going to die. No one here gets out alive. Jim Morrison, right? Um, or someone else. I don't know who the heck said that. Um, but 
But the point is, like, make it count. Will anyone care? All I care is that the people that are recording with me, the, the little ones that we hear in the background right there in their room, uh, playing with their cousins online, you know, like, I, I want them to to be bearers of whatever legacy I'm going to leave behind. And for the sake of my soul, it better be a good legacy. And I hope that they, that they're people who bring some sort of enrichment to other people's lives that ultimately leads others closer to God. Amen. Yeah, no, it's funny. You said that you were saying that I remember I had a discussion with somebody. I don't know. I can't remember who it was, but somebody was telling me that, you know, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they all want to go to heaven. We all want to go to heaven, but we don't want to die. And it's like, how are you supposed to get to heaven unless you die? And, and so it's, it's well, that's very... why I also don't understand. This is why the whole, and this is probably controversial that you can edit this if you want, but with the whole coronavirus, it got me so upset because it just, it's not about coronavirus. It just revealed that everyone was so scared of dying. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why are we so afraid of dying? Are mm-hmm. you not in a good place? And you know, like you need to really reflect on your life. Um, I mean, I'm not perfect. I, that's, I think that's my setback. Um, like what you were saying, like how this time it's much different because you have a dependent. Yeah. That is so true. I have three dependents. Um, yeah, and it, it makes a difference. But even if we should even be confident enough that if we were, if God were to call us home, even with our dependents, that they would still be taken care of because we need to trust in God. Ultimately, we need to trust in God. And, and it is not our choice when we die. It's God's choice when he calls us home. Yeah, whatever no, that may be um but i struggle with that too javier like 100 that's something yeah. that i need to you know like obviously pray about but um but yeah so we we don't know the time or the hour but we we need to like kind of stop being scared of death and like if we are scared of death why are we scared of death is it because you don't really fully believe in the fullness of our faith do you do you truly are you more on the atheist side you know or is it because you're afraid because you might go to hell? Like, I don't know. Like, what, what is it? Um, so, yeah, I liked what you said, too. Like, what if you were to die today, you know, where would you go or how would you be remembered by others? And so I think both are, are important. Obviously, the one, your destination is ultimately more important. But, um, but if you were to go to heaven, then obviously you lived a good life. And it kind of, it's like, it goes together, you know. Um, you probably are beloved and you would you know you're probably a beloved father or mother and and you and your children are supposed to honor you and even in death so i truly believe that when we die we're going to be judged by two very simple principles which obviously go back to the gospel the greatest commandments um which is love god with with all your heart mind soul and love your neighbor as yourself I truly believe that when we we face God, I'm not saying that he's going to ask you these questions directly, but um, basically it's going to come to this. Did you love me? Right? God's going to ask you, did you love me? Obviously, he knows the answer to that question, right? Before he asks it, he knows whether you loved him or not uh, by the way you lived your life, by by whether you went to church, you prayed, you followed the commandments, you, you implored the sacraments, so on and so forth. Did you love me? And then the second one is, did you love your neighbor? Right? Very, very clear. Just very simple things I feel that you could basically sum up the whole Christian faith doctrine, uh, the Ten Commandments. Everything can be summed up in those two very simple questions. 
did you love me and did you love your neighbor? Um, and if you did, then your life, uh, the way you lived your life would be uh, very clear in showing forth that you loved God, um, not only inter in inwardly, but outwardly, and that you loved your neighbor. But if you didn't, obviously, um, that's also very clear. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. I, I agree. It, is, it goes hand in hand, for sure. So pray for us. And we'll pray for you. Ferrum, ferro. Acquitur. I'll let it in. It'll, it'll sound great unless you want to re-record it. <laughs> no, that's fine. Okay, cool.